You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This. And in this episode, I talk to John Benson, a copywriting genius and the creator of the video sales letter. In this episode, you'll find out how you can improve your copywriting skills and learn to create a high converting video sales letter for your business. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Today, I am joined by none other than John Benson, who is the person that invented the video sales letter. Now, if you don't know exactly what that is, I guarantee you've seen them. That's right. If you're, you're on the internet, you know, maybe you're on social media or what have you, and you see an advert that turns up with somebody making a video of them selling you their products. And there have been countless of these. Um, we had, uh, you know, the ones, the famous ones from the Harmon brothers, which were like the poopery ads, um, straight down to Ty Lopez, who had one that his entire career was launched off the back of a video sales letter. And it was many years before that, that John Benson, um, came up with this concept, pioneered it, and brought it out. So I want to take a minute to welcome my good friend and also a copywriting genius, John Benson. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, Adam, man, I love your fake British accent. It's so convincing. <laughs> I've been working on it for the 10 years I've been in America because the real one disappeared <laughs> when I landed. <laughs> hey, good, good to talk to you again, man. Yeah, man, it's so good to chat to you. So, um, you know, before we get into it, it's funny, I was talking to a, to a copywriting buddy of mine the other day. You probably know David Raybould. You know him? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were hanging out the other day and I was explaining that um, a lot of people that I meet out in the world of business, whenever I say copywriting, they get confused. I'm always telling them that it's, it's really just ad writing, but there are so many different types of ads, right? You got long form, short form or what have you. Um, do you know where the term copywriting came from or why people call it copywriting? Man, I have no idea. That's a great question. I know that if you watch admin or madmen rather back in the day where it was all about admin, and they refer to the term copy and copywriting all the time. So it's been around for a while. I don't know. I, I would assume that it came from some sort of a weird like play on words or, or some sort of a, where's the copy for that? And it just mm -hmm. became, oh, I'm a copywriter kind of thing. So who knows? I can tell you this, that, that if you mention ad writing or something like that, like, oh, what do you do? I write ads. People have an impression to this very day that of a newspaper ad, even though newspapers are dying rapidly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just so much more than that, obviously. But, yeah. What's fascinating to me is uh, I've actually got a number of clients that have been running surveys recently. And I can always tell the clients that get results in their surveys, which obviously aren't selling anything, and the ones that don't, based on whether they have a good copywriting headline. Because it really is about getting people to take action and to actually interact. And the ones that have a bad headline obviously do badly, which to you obviously is, is, you know, makes sense. But to some of the people listening to this, it might not be as obvious. One of the things that we see often is these like clickbait headlines, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. the standard ones that how, what's the difference between like a good headline and like a clickbait headline in, in your mind? So we're going to dismiss questions of ethics at the, at the point we're going to talk just strictly copy. Yeah. There is no difference. There's no difference at all. The only purpose of a headline is to get somebody to read the subheadline if there is one. And if it's not, it's to get somebody to read the first sentence of your copy. And that's it. That's the only, or watch your video or whatever. That's the only purpose of it. So now that's taking away any sort of, I talk a lot about ethical copywriting and how do you do this in a way that where you're pushing the borders for sure, because you're telling narrative stories, you're, you're pushing, you're cleverly exaggerating, but not lying, those kind of things. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not referring to like, oh, 16 ways you can get rich overnight. That's a clickbaity headline, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's a good one from all the copy angles. I would never write something like that. And or I would never, obviously I just wrote that, but I would never <laughs> publish. I would never do something like that in real life because it's complete nonsense. But yeah, so it would serve its purpose. It would get a click. And then if my video started off, because the most important thing in the first five seconds of whatever you do, whether it's your video, whether it's your sales page, whether it's your sub headline, if you think of copy in a sense of, of walking down a chain of stairs, that the object of the stair below the one that you're about to step on is to get to the one below it. Mm-hmm. And that is the same thing with copy only you're going up or if you want to think of it in a more positive framework, <laughs> but, uh, the non-glamorous definition of a headline is something that will get you to read the next sentence. And so that could be a you know, man eats dog or man bites dog or something like that. So that's where those man bite dog headlines come from, I think. But I think where the art comes in is how do you do that without betraying your conscious or lying to your audience and things of that nature? I absolutely love that. I love the way you explained it. It's funny. I always think of, uh, of movies, and I know that you know, you've got a lot of experience when it comes to film and mm-hmm. stuff being based in Hollywood. I always, a very good lesson I learned back when I was doing some producing is that a movie is successful based on the trailer and the, the poster, the name of the movie, and then finally the reviews. The quality of the movie almost doesn't matter because by the time somebody's watching the movie, they've already bought a ticket and you don't really get a right. refund. So. In, right. in many ways, that the advertising for a movie is the trailer and, and the poster. And, and the headline and the thumbnail in my mind nowadays are the equivalent of the movie poster and the, uh, and the trailer. That's true. And, and I think it's really hard if we're talking about how to make somebody's product sell better, which is really what people are wanting, right? Mm-hmm. My product or service, how do I get more people to buy it? Or how do I increase the quality of my clients or patients or whatever that you're selling? It's really difficult to get this through that people don't give a shit about what you sell. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't care about your product. They don't care at all. You can talk about, let's take something as benign as dentistry, okay? You can have the brand new laser teeth whitening system. They don't care about the brand new laser teeth whitening system unless it's framed in, an, in a perspective of get your teeth whitened at lunch. Get whiter teeth over lunch. That's, what, that's, a, some, that's a good headline, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to get, but a dentist's office, they don't think that way. There's sometimes they think, come by and see our new laser machine that can whiten you. And they'll talk about it, that can whiten your teeth really quickly. The laser the machine is just the mechanism. It's, it's the unique mechanism that's something different, right? People don't care about the unique mechanism. They care about the benefit that it gives them. That being said, without the unique mechanism, you can't make a sale. So those two things have to be married together, not necessarily in the same headline. You could literally say pearly white teeth on your lunch break or whatever the headline may be. And that's it. doesn't talk about a machine. doesn't even, t- doesn't even tell you how, right? Mm-hmm. That's the quality of a good headline is just what is the greatest benefit you can get. Or a lot of headlines are dire. A lot of cold copy, especially when you're selling to a cold audience, there's studies that are done on this that's pretty conclusive, especially from my own internal, like (laughs) what I've written over the years, almost always negative outperforms positive. We just ran a test for Onnit, the the supplement company. I don't write very much for other people nowadays, but when my friend Josh called me, who's an investor in Onnit and goes, hey, you want to write for Onnit? I'm like, oh, that's cool because Joe Rogan's co-owner. And I want to be on the Rogan show one of these days. I want to be on the Rogan podcast for whatever reason. I can't think of a good one, but <laughs> <laughs> except I just love you, Joe Rogan. But yeah, I mean, I, I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it. And so it's so one step closer, right? And so I wrote the VSL, got paid my, my typical money for it. And we tested four headlines and I knew which one was going to win before we even tested, but we tested it with gold traffic. So we ran it to articles, all the same article, all the same looking headlines and naturally the negative one won. you know, four foods that kill your mood beat four foods to boost your mood. 
That's incredible. So this is almost a given in the health industry. So it's almost always a negative headline. Would you say Um, that's the same across other industries or is it just health? No, it's the same other industries. There are exceptions. And here's what's interesting is a friend of mine, my ex-wife used to, well, she's still, I'm I'm assuming she still does. (laughs) She still works in the, what I call the woo business. She's into the women's spirituality, woo woo stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, she's beautiful, does beautiful stuff and amazing work. But so I'm somewhat being teasing here. But in the woo world, as you know, in in the world of Encinitas is what I say, you would think that negativity wouldn't fly at all. And I've tested this in the spirituality market and it works just as well. So I don't know if that's true in every market, but the markets I write in, it's usually true. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't test the positive. You should always test because you just don't know what the zeitgeist of the public is, where they're at. But here lately, it's been pretty negative. And when I say negative, by the way, Four Foods That Kill Your Mood is still intriguing. It's not like, oh my God, that sounds so terrible to read. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's if you're, if you, sorry, let's take the headline, for example, I'm not going to dive into dissecting copy here, but writing for a supplement that's going to be a mood boosting supplement. So they're not feeling good to start with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you don't want to say like, hey, three ways to be happy instantly. You're like, ah, oh, screw happiness, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> the world sucks. F- happiness. I just want to just be miserable and drink coffee. But, or whatever you drink. So, you know, it's just like basic psychology. So it depends on the psychology of the buyer. If the buyer's in a happy mood, by default, meaning that they're naturally going to be happy. For example, if you're selling a trip to the Bahamas, you might try like get away from the grind. Well, that's yep. the negative and have the vacation of a lifetime. That's the positive. That's really good. This is one of the things I love about you, John, is you have systems for something that everyone else believes is an art form. And that isn't to say that this isn't an art form, because actually when you learn art, you learn actual good art of, has systems and structure. Sure. So you mentioned uh, you tested four headlines for Onnit for Joe Rogan's, uh, you know, the, the company that he's part owner in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned a positive headline and a negative headline. Right. Is there like a set other two? Knowing you, I'm, I'm guessing there is. But There were two negatives and two positives and, and nice. the, the negatives outperformed the positives. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, that's so good. Okay. So with that being said, you've got this like structure. So one of the things I had good friends with, you know, Brian Dice, Roland Frazier from Digital Marketer, and they spoke about that nowadays people need often 21 touch points before they make a purchase. This is something that they were talking about uh, last year at the Traffic and Conversion Summit. So my question to you is, you you talk a lot about running ads to a cold audience. Mm -hmm. Do you specifically, you, when you write copy, do you require 21 touch points? to make a sale? Or do you just say, I am going to write the best advert in one go and it's going to crush? Okay. This is where the stupid human trick comes in. In fact, I'm coming out with a a book on this called the four hour sales letter because I write my sales letters in about four hours. Nice. And that's not something that most copywriters are going to talk about. Most copywriters do. They usually don't do that. And so bear with me on this for a second. Mm -hmm. I've basically figured out over the years of doing this, how to not only streamline the process, but how to get into a specific character in flow state that allows me to write almost as fast as I type. And an hour or two of that process is done editing. So I'm talking about getting through a, a six to 7,000 word sales letter in, in less than a day. Now that's, I say that it does, in a, or a VSL or whatever, and, and that does like get people's skepticism up and rightfully so, but I've mm-hmm. proven it many, many times. In fact, I wrote the on it letter in, in four hours. So if somebody might say, we might read one of my letters or something, go, yeah, I can tell you wrote it in four hours. It sucks. But <laughs> I've written my best sales letters in, in a day. So I wrote truth about ads in four hours. I wrote uh, every other day in four hours. I wrote, I, I can go down the line of all the stuff I've written in roughly four hours, give or take an hour. I mean, depends on the mood. 
And that does not mean that I have a stupid human trick. It, it, I'm not like a naturally gifted. I think I'm a naturally gifted writer in some ways, but I'm not like a naturally gifted rapid fire kind of guy. I just applied the same principles that I use in bodybuilding. I applied to writing and it sounds ridiculous, but it works. It works for me. Yeah, I'm not saying it's gonna work for everybody, but so imagine how much more productive you could get if you do that. So, but with that scope and with that mindset, you can't possibly have the, I'm going to get 21 touch points in my brain rattling around. I'm only concerned with how strong is the unique identity brand that I'm creating how strong, or the hook. Mm-hmm. That's what I call a UIB as a hook. So how strong is my hook? If my hook is super strong, I can write the thing in freaking, I can write the thing in an hour. So for somebody who's listening to this, what exactly is a hook in your mind or UIB? Okay, so we'll go through a couple of hooks. A P90X had muscle confusion, which they stole from Joe Weider. Budweiser beer back in the 70s had Beechwood aged. You know, that's what, is anyone old enough to remember that? And I am, unfortunately. Well, I was, I'm barely <laughs> old enough to remember it, but uh, I do remember it. Beechwood aged for that great taste. My, I can't remember the rest of it. But that was drilled into my head since time I was like three years old because I was watching football a lot. And there's a lot of beer commercials in football, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that made them billions, literally with a B, billions of dollars. Well, every beer is Beachwood. They, they just coined a term, term that was common for most every beer. <laughs> and that's a unique identity brand. Muscle confusion. Well, yeah, duh. I mean, it's a, it's a unique a position for something that when somebody hears it, somebody hears a hook, or I call it a UIB. In Copy Pro, we, we, it's called a primary solution, mm-hmm. which I like a lot because of the, my number one solution for this problem is something I call blank. So if you finish that sentence, the best solution to your problem is something I call or something experts are now calling blank. So if you say experts are now calling counting calories, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Right. If you, if you think you're selling, I'm using weight loss as an example. If you're selling a weight loss product and the solution is something I call counting calories, that's going to be a comedic line that people are going to laugh at that. Right. But if you say the solution is something I call macronutrient cycling, <laughs> Well, I just said sort of counting calories. <laughs> yeah. It's your version of the words, right? It sounds like macro cycling. What is that all about? So it's a different way of thinking about it. Now, macro cycling is, I literally talk about macro cycling in my hook for every other day diet. You cycle macronutrients, which is proteins, carbs, and fats. So you cycle them in and out of meals. Fats have nine, nine calories per gram and the rest have four. So you naturally cycle your calories. So, you, so it is, you're reducing calories without knowing it per se. But so the point is, is that it's another way of looking at something that makes somebody go, Oh, wow. That's maybe that's why I haven't succeeded. Mm-hmm. Or maybe right. that's why that beer would taste better. Oh, it's Beachwood age. That's special. Uh, it, and it's not lying. And so this is what I want to get across to me. What I'm saying is not lying. I'm literally in my example, I am sac- I'm cycling macronutrients throughout the week and beer in Beachwood age. They just coined the term. So they're obviously not lying. They just created the term as far as I know. So you're not making stuff up. You're just making it sound really awesome. (laughs) And that hook is so important because you can say, we're the only beer that is Beachwood aged. That's good. Because And then once someone buys it and likes it, of course, they're like, oh, I only like Beachwood aged beer. And suddenly (laughs) they hook. Or the only diet that worked for me is macro cycling or whatever. Or muscle confusion is what really caused my body to take. So these are all principles that work and they just give a different name. In In P90X's case, they... Gave it the same name as Joe Weider gave it in the, the 80s. But I don't know if they, I don't think they did on purpose, but it just so happened to be. But so, yeah, those are all very important, like concepts in copy I love to it. come up with a, a hook. So I, I was, uh, I was hanging out with some copywriters the other day and this discussion came up about uh, the only four things that human beings ever 
will buy for. Somebody proposed that there are essentially only four things that somebody would promote them to buy or get them to buy, prompt them to buy. And they said people will buy to make money, like make more money. Mm -hmm. They will buy to save money or to prevent a loss of money. They will buy to heal themselves from a problem. And they will buy to make their life better, like go on a vacation or big cruise ship or something. Yeah. Um, Would you agree with those four? Would you say there are any missing? Um, I think it's more basic than that. I think people buy something to get out of pain is the number one reason anybody buys anything to get out of pain, whether that's emotional, spiritual, financial. That's the primary impetus to all human behavior is to escaping pain. The more conscious human is, the more they gain, the more of adding well-being is added to that mixture. But let's take something you and I both know a lot about, and that's the dating market, right? So Mm -hmm. people would buy a dating product or a product on improving their relationship because they're in fear of losing their loved one Mm -hmm. or never having met their loved one. But they want the pleasure of being in that relationship and they want the pleasure of having more sex or whatever it is that they're buying, right? So there's a mixture there, but this psychology basically is a 75-25 split between avoidance of pain and the gain of pleasure, which is, you know, I'm not saying anything new here. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not exactly cracking the egg here on, on Nookie, on psychology at that matter. It just is what it is. And that's the way we were motivated. So you can take those things and break them down to what are the, the most pain-driven points in life. And by far and away, it's, I mean, look at the three, uh, the, the three areas of relationship that causes relationship doom, okay? Mm-hmm. Money, sex, kids, is, it, is that the third communication? I think it's- yep. To me, I would say intimacy, communication, trust, but I'm operating on a, operating on a different level there because I choose, I don't like to be on that other level. But <laughs> yeah, most, I think most people, yeah, money, sex, most and kids. Feel, and, and by the way, when I say different level, I'm not trying to say, oh, I am such a freaking jujitsu black belt and it comes to love. I am <laughs> saying that I just don't, those things don't appeal to me as much as the other things do. So, but for most people, they're going to want to know, like their relationships are going to fall apart because of things like money. So they're, but so if you think, if you drill that down, like, why do you want to make money? Why do you want to save money? And you keep drilling down, you're going to come down to the same freaking answer every time. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid for my future, my family. I'm afraid for my kids. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my wife or husband. I'm afraid that I won't live the life I deserve. It's so, we are such fear-ridden creatures. Our amygdala controls our existence. And if you don't write to the amygdala, you're basically spinning fool's gold. I mean, you're in your brain. You're, You're not doing your job. In fact, I'm going to say that you're, actually acting in a way that's not purposefully unethical, but is functionally unethical. Because if you believe in what you're selling Mm -hmm. and you're not willing to write to the level of the brain that actually responds to selling, Mm -hmm. you're consciously saying their stupid psychology, I'm going to be ethical and high and mighty and write like this. You're being unethical because you're not convincing enough people to take action. That's cool. That's a barbaric statement for some people to hear. Yeah, but I think it's so treacherous. It came to me. I used to struggle to sell my services. Voted number one dating coach in the world. And I was struggling to make sales. And I had a friend of mine sit down with me. And he's like, why don't you ever sell? And he's like, well, I just like showing off how good I am. And I feel the right people will come to me. And he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but you can't deny the fact that there are other people making more money than you. And he's like, and here's the thing. Those people are they as good as you? And I was like, well, no. And he goes, great. So you actively want bad information to be circulated more than your good information. Yes, yes, exactly. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's like, so you better learn to sell, bro. <laughs> right, right. So when you frame it that way, and oh my gosh, I've been in, I have spoken on stage many, many times. And one time I, I was keynoting the ClickBank event one year 
And there's probably a thousand people. I don't know, something like that. 500 people in the audience. I don't want to exaggerate, but I don't remember. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a pretty big event. And I've spoken to TNC and all that stuff. So, and I will challenge a thousand, a room of over a thousand people. I'll say, I'll challenge you, anyone that has icky feelings about selling anything. And I've yet to lose this debate. And I've had the debate that it's extended into the lobby where people are like trying to throw religious things by me or, or some sort of lofty spiritual ideals or some sort of ethical principles by me of why selling the way I'm talking about is really unethical. And there's some great movies that have some really powerful lines about that. Broadcast News, a great comedy back in the 80s was all about, you know, I had some lines about selling. We're all really salesmen. It was really an icky thing that the character said, oh, yuck. Mm. But if you reframe this in your mind, not for ill-gotten gain, for the pursuit of trying to motivate as many people as possible to live a better life, then if you're not riding to the amygdala, you're just acting a fool. Yeah. I hope that we evolve beyond that. Like if, if you're writing to a mark, let's say that your product is specifically to, I'm going to use in quotes because I really detest the term, even though <laughs> I use it conscious. And what that means for anyone that's not admired in the woo-woo market is people that are trying to, to live in accordance to the universe, you know, what the universe wants and higher consciousness for love and peace for everybody. Now I'm grossly oversimplifying it. And most of my friends are in that community. So I love them to death. And so I'm not knocking them at all. But there's, if let's say that you're writing to only that community and you never want to attract anyone else, you may be able to get by with less of what I'm saying. Even then, when I talk to them, they are just as fearful as everybody else. So to, uh, now I'm not saying talk to them in fear monger. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying affirm and validate their fears. And if you're in a relationship right now, and Adam and I could talk about this for hours, <laughs> if you're in a relationship right now and you're not affirming and at least validating your partner's fears, whatever they may be, mm-hmm. good luck. <laughs> good luck. Like, let me know how that goes in a year. I mean, it's not going to last because that you need the validation of feeling anything because feelings are not something you control. You feel something because you feel it. So you validate the feelings and then you walk. Is there a better way of looking at this to where the, the feeling goes away, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do in copy. The fact that you feel terrified, alone, miserable, hungry, fat, whatever you're feeling, right? Is completely understandable. I would feel the same thing in your shoes. It's one of the best things you can say to build rapport with somebody. But yeah. unless you say that, who are you talking to? If you're saying, don't you want to feel fit? Let's talk fitness because it's easy, right? Don't you want to have six-pack abs, feel fit and thin, be healthy for the rest of your life? Isn't that awesome? Yes, of course it is. You know, they're not in that position right now. They can see it, but they can't remotely feel it. Yeah. So if you don't talk to them about what they're feeling right now, you cannot build rapport. You will not sell as many of your, whatever you're selling, and you will lose out on the chance to totally impact somebody's life. So that's my pitch to learn how to sell right. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. So do you have like a, is there a structure at all that you follow? Like, obviously there's a hook at the beginning and then, you know, we want to talk to this pain um, and we want to deal with the emotion of what the person's feeling, but is there like a set structure or do you just freeform it? No, I freeform it based on structures, based on things I've done over the years. And so, I mean, with Accelerator, I created a five-step formula that's to this very day used for most video sales letters. Copy Pro obviously is, <laughs> I mean, this, that's the definition of structure. It's a machine. So, Yeah. For people listening, Copy Pro is a piece of software that John Benson created. I actually bought it. It's great. And it literally has a, almost like a painting by numbers approach to copy, right? You just fill in the answers to questions and then it produces it itself. Yeah. It does it in a really sophisticated way. It's like, um, we can talk about it whenever the time is right, but Mm -hmm. it's the knockoffs out there, you know, funnel scripts and things of that nature. You fill in blanks and the blanks you're going to kind of hope are intelligently written in a specific 
piece of copy. Mm-hmm. Ours is we actually make you think in how would you say this and show you the proof of it. And when you write it in one place, it's applicable in a hundred. Mm-hmm. And the system is smart enough to use words that you write and pull them out of the context of where you've written and put them in other places. So it's really, it's taken four years to build and it's, it's quite sophisticated and it's, it's yeah. really great. And that's why the copy sounds like it's written by a human being. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really amazing piece of kit. It's really, really, really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Okay. So that's the kind of structure. What's, you mentioned a five part structure earlier. What is that? What's the five part structure? The five step BSL process that I've walked people through from a VSL. And by the way, there's multiple components under each one of these five steps. Okay? Of course. So you're starting off with a pattern interrupt. So you're starting off with getting attention. Without getting attention in a VSL, you're destined to fail. <laughs> you, are, you are so destined to fail really fast without cracking the code of attention. So that's the very first thing we talk about inside the VSL formula is just, you, what do you do to gain attention? And we have different names for that. For example, I call step one, the snap suggestion. It's literally the reason why is because you are going to drop a suggestion as you snap your fingers and snap somebody's attention. You're scratching the CD of a brain to get somebody's attention. And that's the very first step of any, that should be the very first step of any sales letter, whether it be a headline, whether it be the first sentence that you write, it should be something that really snaps somebody to attention. I can, you can do this in so many different ways. Let's say it's a, it's a VSL and there's no headline. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the very first line in the Onnit VSL is, she walked through my door, shattered woman. Wow. Why is she shattered woman? Who are you? What's she going through the door? So, so right there, I mean, I walked into the middle of a story and I'm selling a supplement on mood. I mean, you know, it's like, where is this going from here? You know? And so I don't know if they're going to use the, the Hollywood story that I, I wrote, but uh, we really loved it. The point is, is that that's a pattern erupt. You're not thinking that's going to happen. And you, I stopped that sentence and people kind of want to know, you're asking one question right now, right? Why? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And the word shattered is just so visceral that you have, you have to follow. So that's a snap suggestion. Step two is what I call a, the vital connection. And that's about building rapport. And you build rapport in a, in a way that we talked about. Like I, you build rapport by validating someone's pain, mm-hmm. by seeking to understand in words in a one-way conversation. And the best way to do that is say, I have felt that pain myself. So whatever your customer is feeling, you want to go back to the time where you felt it yourself. And tell a short story around that. If you haven't felt it yourself, say one of my closest, find a closest friend, your wife, your husband, your, your child, a patient, whatever it may be. Tell their story. You must connect. Uh, step three is the big problem. You define what their problem is and you make it bigger. Okay. Because a lot of people right now, let's say if they think, oh, I need to lose 20 pounds. I mean, the vast majority of people in an audience, if I say, how many people here want to lose weight? No judgment, right? Raise your hand. They'll raise their hand. I'll say, so raise your hand and tell me what's your number one problem when it comes to that. And they'll say things like, oh, my biggest problem is I just love desserts. Or uh, my biggest problem is that I got 30 pounds and my doctor wants me to lose it. Uh, I got a high school reunion coming up and that's the things they will say. So what I do is I say, you may be thinking to yourself, hey, my doctor just told me I need to lose 30 pounds or maybe you got a high school reunion coming up. But did you know that for every pound of excess fat you carry, you can lose up to six months of your life? The study and so I can, you know, I'm just, I made that up. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But still it's, it's actually like, the impact, right? It's actually like a month. It's actually not, it's actually not too far away from that. But in there, that's a, over a meta-analysis study. And I'll quote the study. That's pretty scary as it is. But do you realize that the patterns that you're laying down right now, by the way that you're eating, the way that you're moving, the way that you're not moving is being seen by your children and your grandchildren and those that love you. You see where I'm going with this? I just made their problem a fuck ton bigger than what they think it is. 
And the reason why is because it is, did I, anything I say was a lie. And I want everyone to hear this. Nothing I said was a lie. I didn't say, oh, if you don't eat right, you're going to die of stage four cancer tomorrow. That would be a lie. If you don't change, if you don't lose the weight you want, here's the problems that can happen. So that's the big problem. The bigger solution step four, that's all about the solution. Well, your, problem, your solution is bigger than their problem. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole primary solution thing. You might have heard that it's about counting calories or about being on a strict diet or about doing without desserts or about this. But you know what? The real problem and the real, the real answer to your problem is something I call blame. Mm-hmm. And you talk about what that is. And of course, that brings in this, the final step, which is the, what I call the grand offer. And that's what your offer is and why your offer is irresistible. And that's, that's now all these are multi-component steps, obviously. But that's Yeah, I absolutely love this. All right. So I can tell somebody's listening to this and they're taking notes. And like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write an amazing script. So I'm going to film it on my phone. And, and it's so easy to do that now with all the teleprompter apps and stuff. You can literally yeah. write it out and then film yourself reading it. For somebody that's like, okay, I like the idea. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Obviously, I, I would probably recommend that they get Copy Pro. But I mean, if somebody's interested in, in working with you, John, would you, would you agree that's the best way to go about doing things? Yeah, I take on last year or, or 2019, rather, I took on two copy jobs. One was, a, uh, was to help a, a friend and the other one was in paid. So I'm semi-retired from copywriting, not because of I'm too old, but because I'm concentrating on Copy Pro, which is a full-time gig. So, so yeah, the best way, so there's two ways you can go about doing what we're talking about. If you want to learn how to create all the psychology, how to create a VSL, for example, or a sales page, and you just want to learn it, you want to master it, you want to get better at it. Accelerator is still a fantastic course. It's a course in it's pseudo software. Uh, I say pseudo software, it is software, but it's not a thing like Copy Pro. And it's uh, accelerator.com, S-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, or just go to videosalesletters.com. That's a great way to get my voice in your head for sure, because there's like over 100 videos if you want to watch. I mean, as much as you want to watch is is there, you can do it. That generates, I'm not making this number up, uh, over a billion dollars annually for my customers. So that's been the most successful formula for video sales letters. And I did create videos, so so I do know a little bit about it. (laughs) That's for, for sales. If you don't want to know, learn the ins and outs and all the psychology and all the structure I just talked about and all the structures within the structures, then Copy Pro is your, your best friend. That's copypro.ai. The dot AI is for artificial intelligence. We're not in the Netherlands until as somebody thought we were. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so copypro.ai. That is a really smart software that has everything. Everything from ads and uh, Facebook ads, emails, uh, sales letters, uh, has uh, upsell BSLs, has a full webinar in there. I mean, everything you can need as far as copy for your business. And the hook, the UIP, if you will, for copy pro is kind of interesting. It's we are not copy written by John Benson. And here you go. And that's kind of what our competitors have tried to do. We're copy that's been written by the best copywriters in the world, given to us with full consent for people to use it. That includes Digital Marketers Entire Machine series. That includes Todd Brown's Entire Funnel series, Agora's Card Abandonment. I, mean, I go down the line here of the great copywriters and companies that said, we love you. You made us a lot of money with VSLs. What can we do to donate to this global machine? And that's how we got the templates that we have, which are, in other words, we know everything we have not only works, it works for the multimillionaires out there. And mm-hmm. so the machine has taken that and it's allowed it to work for any business. And that's what's really cool about Coffee Group. Dude, I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Okay, so if somebody wants to go there, it's uh, copypro.ai, correct? That is correct. Cool, so go to copypro.ai. So John Benton, what if somebody could do to make themselves more successful or maybe use some of your knowledge to, to move forward? What would you recommend? Two things, uh, if I can. Uh, yeah, two please. Things. One is physical and one is psychological when it comes to writing copy. So Love it. 
The physical one would be to look at fasting, look at intermittent fasting, something I've done for a long time. My second book was called The Every Other Day Diet. So that was in 2006. I was way ahead of the curve. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you want your mind, I haven't eaten today, for example, and my energy's fine. And I'm, if you've seen me in person, I'm rather muscle bound. So you're not going to wither away and die. You're going to stay lean, but you're also going to stay focused. And in case you're wondering, oh, he's hyped up on caffeine or something. I don't do any drugs. And I take in literally half a cup of coffee a day. So I, it's, there's no, yeah, this is natural high. And that's going to help you write because your mind is going to be super clear. You're going to be able to recall things faster. So that's one of my tricks to writing so fast, by the way. So the second thing to writing, not only quickly, but writing well, is write in the voice of a character that is the idealized you. I call it the Superman, the Nietzschean Superman. In other words, not Kal-El, even though I'm a big fan. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, the Nietzschean Superman, your your ideal self. So you put yourself in your ideal self. You temporarily give yourself permission to set aside all your neuroses, all your problems, all your weaknesses, all your faults, knowing that they exist. You're going to set them in a backpack and you're going to put the backpack down by permission. And you have permission to pick it back up when you're done writing. Pick it back up and be as strapped down by that thing as you want. But for the time that you write, you are your ideal self. You are the walking embodiment of everything that you believe in. And you're writing to one person and you're writing a letter, a love letter to one person. That's what you're doing. Whether it's an email, whether it's an ad, whether it's a sales letter, it's like a love letter. How would you talk to the person that you really love the most about this topic from your idealized self? And idealized self doesn't mean like, I am perfect. I'm talking about your idealized self wouldn't think that. Mm -hmm. Your idealized self would see the things that you're and not mind it and say, that's part of the journey. This is your ideal self talking, right? That's mm -hmm. part of the journey. I'm, I'm on this journey with you. That will allow you to write in a way that is powerful, that a way that, that supersedes things that you might think, of, oh, that might sound a little bit arrogant or that might sound a little bit harsh or whatever and rise above it. But you're also writing in a character. You're writing in the character of your ideal self and you're writing to one person. Those three things put together has enabled me to write super fast and very lucratively. I absolutely love that. So there you go, guys, listening to this. This is incredibly powerful. Like understanding how to write copy and advertising really is going to be the impact that's going to have the biggest bang for your buck and, you know, put money into your pocket. Um, and of course, some really good tips on just being successful. John, I want to take a minute to thank you so much for coming and joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking your time for this. Uh, thank you, Adam. My pleasure. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.